Today, I have the pleasure of introducing you to Ms. Gloria Davis. Gloria has an extensive background in education. Her professional career spans over 46 years, primarily in the area of administration. Currently, she serves as the coordinator of professional development for the Midwest region for the Black History 365 Project. Welcome, Gloria. Well, thank you, Kim, and I appreciate you inviting me, uh, and I'm looking forward to our conversation. Well, great. Well, Gloria, you and I met through our sorority chapter, and through our conversations, I learned of the 365 Project, and I thought, that's an excellent idea for the podcast. So would you please introduce yourself to the audience and tell us a little bit about the project? I'd be happy to. Uh, As you said, uh, my educational career spans over 46 years. I am currently retired, but throughout my career, I have been a teacher, a principal, elementary and middle school, a central office administrator, primarily focused on curriculum and instruction, and then uh, a superintendent of schools. I've been superintendent in Kansas, uh, Illinois, Decatur, Illinois, as well as uh, serving with the Illinois Department of Juvenile Justice. And my career itself has really taken me to a journey of making sure that African-American students, because that is primarily the group of students that have been in the districts that I have served in, receive the type of education that promotes them to be really successful adults. And the Black History 365 project was something I became involved in uh, upon retiring. Uh, I was asked by uh, Dr. Walter Milton, who was a former superintendent in Springfield, Illinois. So he and I became uh, friends as I was in Decatur, Illinois, as superintendent. And he asked me to help uh, with the project, primarily in the area of professional development. Uh, The whole impetus behind the project is to have everyone understand that for our young people, who they are as in terms of their background and their history and knowing who their ancestors are is extremely important to their self-worth. And understanding that Black history is not something that should be taught just in February or two or three times a year, but it's something that should be taught every single day of the year. We have an extensive history. We have a background that we should be all should be proud of. And it's an integral part of American history. So I became involved through uh, talking to others and agreeing to help with the professional development piece as well as the writing piece. Hmm. Okay, so the book is the book for what, like what age group is the book for? The book is for really, we're developing it for kindergarten through 12th grade. Currently, we have finished, just finished publishing the 9th through 12th grade edition. It's uh, a very thick textbook, and uh, we are extremely proud of it. It's uh, a textbook that has, cutting-edge resources in it in terms of QR code. It's interactive. We have music that the young people can access. We have a a lot of art that was um, submitted by the other uh, co-author and founder, Dr. Joel A. Freeman, 
And it's a book that reads really like a, a magazine in a way, but it's also a textbook. By that, we know that in order to capture young people's thoughts and ideas, we have to make it something that they're going to enjoy as well as learn from. And one of the critical elements of the book is that we look at not only past history, we look at current history. By that, I mean we bridge the gap between where our ancestors were just kings and queens to where our current uh, people that we celebrate are also kings and queens in a way. Most uh, history books that really talk about black history we found started slavery. Well, as you and I know, our history did not start there. Our history started in ancient Africa. Our history started where we were in charge of all, of ele all elements of our life and we were successful. As a people, we were able to establish huge, wealthy communities. All of the things that a lot of us see now, well, in African-American history, uh, black history, those things were prevalent in ancient Africa. And then from ancient Africa up through slavery and up through the current period, all of the things that we know and should know, rather, are in, in the textbook, and we know that if when our children learn who they are, they will have a, a better understanding of who they are now. When you know who you are, you stand up straight. You stand up straight. You you have, uh, to your point, more confidence, and you more, you're more self-assured. It's all about really parts of history that probably you and I didn't even learn. Our study. I mean, we have now as we have become adults, but when we think about our own history that we were taught in high school and elementary school, a lot of the things that we know now, we didn't learn. We, the communities in Oklahoma and, and Rosewood, those communities that were burned to the ground basically because of racism and the fact that those communities were wealthy communities, totally black-owned, black-owned businesses, banks, grocery stores, uh, small businesses. It was they, they were communities that were self-contained in a sense. And all of the people living in those communities, black people, they were doing extremely well. Uh, learning about the fact that we have uh, how we can accumulate wealth and looking at uh, how we celebrate uh, those individuals even now in history that have accumulated wealth and been able to establish and uh, economies and establish businesses and contribute to society as it is, is now. The whole point of the textbook is to show the connection, the connection from history to now. We, we bring in uh, current uh, individuals. We talk about uh, George Floyd. It's, it's in, you know, we talk about uh, the Breonna Taylors of the world. We help our young people see that what's happening now has a connection to the past, but most importantly, it's understanding that connection, knowing about that connection, and as you said, having you to develop that feeling of you are somebody special. You come from a special history, and so you act 
as a special person. You act as someone that you are proud of yourself because you are proud of your past. Amen, Gloria. Amen. So it's so you say it's a textbook. So is the idea for schools to purchase the book or you know families to purchase the book? What's the what's the goal? The goal is uh, first and foremost for schools to purchase the book. Uh, we have already started to um, sell the book and issue it in school districts across the country. Uh, primarily right now, for example, we're working with the state of Texas and uh, the state board of education in Texas has uh, developed a policy that black history will be taught in all of their school districts. So we have been working with uh, the state of Texas and the school districts within the state to um, not only purchase the book, but have professional development for the teachers. We have and, and all staff. We have an extensive professional development program. That's one of the particular things that I have been working with. And for example, I um, recently did a, a professional development uh, training with the teachers in one of the school districts in Texas. And uh, it's interesting how as adults, uh, so many things that we weren't aware of. And, and as I work with teachers, helping them to see and understand, for example, the concepts of explicit and implicit bias. Because part of the thing, Kim, that I truly believe, one of the reasons uh, our history hasn't been taught the way it needed to be taught is because people have their own biases. And so trying to help educators work through their own implicit and explicit biases. So as they teach the textbook, you have to teach it from a place of understanding and embracing the culture, embracing the history, and understanding that you perhaps for many different reasons did not know a lot of the things that you should have known, but the textbook brings those areas to light, and now we want you to import those to students. So our training starts with just having people to deal with themselves and deal with their own biases, understand that the, the cultural aspect of knowing who the students are that sit in front of you, understanding who they are, understanding their history is critical for you to then be able to teach them and for the students to see that you are totally engrossed in who they are from their past to their present. So that's one aspect of the training. And then the other aspect is just really going through the, the elements of the textbook and all of the various um, areas that are in the textbook. And uh, we not only talk about uh, our history, as I said, from ancient Africa through slavery, through modern times, even talking about how the connection with America and Canada for African-American and, and black history was so critically important. And talking about how um, various um, entities in terms of bringing in sports, bringing in music, a lot of our uh, music was created by uh, K.O., uh, the uh, the rapper, and we know that he has a way 
um, really telling the story in a very uh, interactive, intricate way that young people uh, really enjoy. Gloria, for the audience, could you give an example of implicit versus explicit bias? Uh, I can. Uh, Implicit bias is when you think about um, how you feel about someone, but you think that doesn't show. Um, It's as simple as, just to give an example, I guess, uh, you, you, you're at a, a store and say, I'm standing at a store at a counter waiting to be waited on. The white salesperson acknowledged, uh, acknowledges me. Maybe she, she sees me. She acknowledges. So I wait. White person walks up as well at the counter. Salesperson comes and goes directly to her before she comes to me. Now, she'll think, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do it. Well, you know, yes, you did. And implicitly, you just assume and went to her first. So it's it's doing things that you might not think you're doing, maybe, maybe not, but, you know, you show a bias, you show a deference to someone else basically because of their skin color and then explicit uh, bias where you are just basically overtly doing things that are um, racist in a way uh, and sometimes not in a way but it's just overtly you are uh, taking on a, a, a sense of culture of people that you lump everyone into the same group. And let me use an example with, with children. Um, you can, as a teacher, you uh, let's just say it's the beginning of the school year and you are looking at all the names of the young people that are going to be in your class, and you just explicitly believe because certain kids come from a certain neighborhood, or as you look at their addresses, you think, well, they're not going to do as well because maybe they come from the projects versus other students that are in your class come from the more affluent part of town. So you just automatically assume things about those kids that more than likely probably is definitely not true. But then you treat them that way based on sometimes where they live, how they dress, how they look. I mean, all of the explicit biases that you base on uh, surrounding things has nothing to do with the person themselves, but it just has to do with the fact that you feel because of lots of different factors that they can't achieve at the same level that someone else is. I hope that that helped. That was perfect. Thank you. And this is something, Kim, that in our training we spend a lot of time on. So that's another really critical part of the textbook because, let's face it, you can buy the textbook, the school districts can have the book, but if the people teaching it still have those biases, those beliefs that aren't true, then it's still not going to help. So it's a way of presenting our history, not only from the standpoint of people understanding how powerful and important our history is, 
but also helping them understand that you as an individual also have to embrace our culture. If you're going to teach me, you have to understand me. And if you don't understand me and you don't embrace who I am, then you can't really teach me well. And so it comes, it, our whole uh, essence of training comes from that standpoint of you need to understand who the children are that are sitting in front of you. And you need to embrace who they are. One of the things I've always said as an educator, uh, especially when I was in charge of school districts, is children see through you like clear glass. So for, I don't care what you make your mouth say. I don't care totally what you do. They see where your heart is. And those biases and the, the lack of caring and love and understanding comes through in so many different ways. So Black History 365 tries to embrace the concept of our history is, we always say, is regal. Mm. Our history is extraordinary. Our history is... Uh, a type, the type of history that has made the world, the world, not just the United States of America, the world be who it is. We have a place in history in every aspect of the world. And our textbook helps young people as well as adults understand that and see that. Again, we go back to the first comment you and I made. When you understand who you are and how special you are, you understand how proud you need to be of who you are and how proud you need to be of who you are going to continue to grow and become. I totally agree. So one thing I heard you say is that the state of Texas has agreed to incorporate Black history into their curriculum. So Mm -hmm. I guess, you know, you've been, you know, teaching in this um, career for 46 years because I'm thinking, you know, shouldn't you be teaching this anyway in schools? It's a part of the history. It's a part of the history. But as you and I know, it has not been taught in school. Yes, it should be an answer to directly to your question. It should be. But it has not been. And for many different reasons, it just, you know, as I said, it's usually been relegated to a few weeks in February. And as we all know, the shortest month in the calendar. And and that's been it. And even in February, we might have a black history program, uh, usually some worksheets and a few lessons uh, are given to students, usually starting around slavery, talking about Dr. Martin Luther King and several other names that we know, and, and nothing against that. But my point is, it starts and stops right there. And it doesn't even come close to talking about all the things that we have just uh, discussed. And and so it's, it wasn't even enough, and no one cared that it wasn't enough. So Texas uh, has uh, instituted from this for the state. Um, I would also say most recently Peoria, Illinois, the superintendent in Peoria, Peoria, Illinois, just adopted the text for all of their K through 12th grade classrooms. So districts are coming on board. That's just two uh, recent examples. But my point is it wasn't taught 
We know it wasn't taught. It should have been taught. And honestly, Kim, I think that has a lot to do with some of the struggles and things that our young people are going through right now. Uh, when you talk about all the negative things in some of our communities, I think it has a lot to just do with self-esteem, feeling proud, feeling a, having a sense of hope. You have hope because you have a sense of pride in who you are. And, and that has nothing to do with how much money you have, but it has to do with who you are right now. I mean, I grew up in the projects of St. Louis, Missouri, but it was in my household. It was instilled in me that I was going to go to college and I was going to become something that would say that I would never have to live again in, in poverty. But I didn't know that that's what I was because there was love in my household. And for many of our young people, they don't have that either. So it's a matter of letting them know, not only do you have pride in yourself, but there is a love of self. That you, when you love who you are, there's certain things you just won't do <laughs> because you have a sense of you are a special human being. And the good Lord put you on this earth for a purpose. And that purpose, again, is steeped in the history of purpose and the history of our people as a race, as a culture. And you just move through life with a different attitude. I agree. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's powerful. And, and, and I say all these things because I really wanted to come across it's not even just about the textbook. It's about changing, really, the course of history for our young people and helping them to grow into uh, another Barack Obama and, 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 a, and another Kamala Harris. It's helping them to, to grow into those individuals that can just rule the world in charge of their existence. And how wonderful all the women of color, and even men just do, you know, extraordinary things. What wonderful examples. And let's just pray that they're, they're able to do their jobs and do their jobs well. Exactly. To learn more about the project and to purchase the book, please visit blackhistory365education.com. Today's interview with Ms. Gloria Davis emphasizes the importance of teaching our young people of all ethnicities and backgrounds about Black history. This type of exposure to knowledge helps to build self-awareness among our Black youth, as well as others who have the opportunity to study the rich history of Black America. This is a K-Cross Spears LLC production.